Welcome to the Chew Brewer Stew Podcast. Every other Sunday, we'll release an episode of the podcast featuring an interview with a business owner in the food industry. From restaurants, to breweries, to bakeries, and everything in between. We ask them about their journey and the process of becoming a successful business owner in hopes of helping others to do the same. I'm Mike Curtin, and the podcast starts now. Welcome to the Chew Brewer Stew Podcast. My name is Mike Curtin. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so so you never miss another episode of the podcast. Don't forget to follow us on our social media accounts. All links to those and podcast platforms can be found on ChewBrewerStew.com. Thank you for joining us for episode number 17 of Chew Brewer Stew. Today I sit down with Brian Rosso, owner of Green Cheek Beer Company in Orange County, California. Brian talks to us about how growing up with nine siblings gave him the drive he uses today and how someone else's misfortune can actually be your lucky day. So here it is, episode number 17. I hope you enjoy it. Hey guys, I'm Mike Curtin. This is Chew Brewer Stew, and today I'm with Brian Rosso from Green Cheek Beer Company. Brian Rosso and Evan Price worked together at a Noble Ale Works in Anaheim, California. In July of 2016, Brian had resigned as CEO of Noble, decided to take a short break from it all. In January of 2017, Evan also stepped down as head brewer. The two would soon after team up to open their own brewery. After four years in the business, Valiant Brewing in Orange County decided to cease operations due to financial reasons, and that's when Evan and Brian stepped in to purchase the brewery. In the summer of 2017, they opened their doors as Green Cheek Beer Company, taking their name from the Green Cheek Parrots of Orange County. And Brian is here with me today. Brian, thank you very much for being here. Thanks, Mike, for having me. I appreciate it. So uh, in the midst of all the madness, lockdowns, quarantines, all that good stuff, uh, how are you holding up right now? <laughs> That's a funny one. Yeah. Right? Uh, it's, I mean, it's wild. I don't know. We're all sort of just uh, figuring, out, figuring out new ways of uh, doing these things. It's like having a new muscle group you have to flex. So we're uh, getting by. Um, uh, as best we can. Um, we're probably better off than most. Um, we've been mean and uh, sort of, uh, you know, sort of made sure the business was sound before any of this happened. So it was kind of nice to uh, be prepared as I could be, but who knew there would be a zombie apocalypse? Right. So how, how harshly has it affected the uh, your business? It's wild is that, um, well, we're based... We're small brewery. We just acquired our second location two months ago, three months right. ago. We're, we're more of a tasting room uh, operation. We never went for the wholesale uh, distribution side. So we were more for, you know, the tasting room, um, can sales, crawler sales. Um, so that crushed us in the beginning. It was one of those like, okay, we had a vibrant uh, can release uh, crowd. So it was nice that people trade our beers. So, but we had a really uh, thick on our toes, and as they changed things day by day, we would just uh, come up with a new, you know, like, okay, we're going to be doing drive-up service. Right. Uh, at first, yeah, it was right. actually social distancing. So, and overall, uh, we've adapted better than most and able to keep um, most of my staff. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it's, we're, we're, we're adjusting like everybody else. Right. That's great. You're able to keep your uh, staff on, man. That's tough nowadays, especially with you know all that's happening, and a lot of people are getting left let go left and right. So, yeah, um, it's that's I mean, yeah, it's adjust, it's adjusting, and we, you know, like 
North Coast Meds location had a, a kitchen restaurant. So, you know, we had to scale that down. But we were able to keep more than uh, half of our, of all of our employees and right. all of our brewing staff. Right. So, and you and you just recently purchased uh, that was the old Barley Forge. They went and claimed bankruptcy in Costa Mesa, and then you purchased that location from them before. Obviously, that was back in December. I think you had decided to do this. Yes. Before all this actually exploded, what was the driving force behind you opening your second location? Our sort of our model, our business model is not really more beer, just better beer. So we're looking for locations that sort of fit us as uh, our personalities. We're, you know, our brewery is not about big money. It's, you know, my house is on a, on the line with SBA. Me and Evan, Evan Price, uh, my uh, co-owner and brewer, he, uh, you know, we had to, you know, look at strategically finding spaces where, um, we know that we had a following and uh, we wanted to get um, beer out in tasting rooms. Right. So it's about local communities and not, um, you know, this crazy over the top kind of thing where you over uh, overextend yourself. And so we had a really good model um, back in December, like I said, before all this happened. Uh, but we uh, needed a more footprint. And even now we're still looking uh, beyond the this. Uh, the COVID thing is where we need to go next. So, right. um, but yeah, it was it was about just being able to grow in a way that your community supports you. And you and you talk about loans and 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 financing, but how did you when you first started uh, Green Cheek? How did you go about finding the capital to start that? <laughs> That's a fun. It's it's uh, so like I. I started, you know, over the last 25, 30 years, I've started three or four different businesses. So I've already had a mortgage company, a real estate company, a computer consulting firm. Okay. Smaller ones, smaller ones. So, but I've always been the business side of things. And, and when you go and you do this over some years, you see the angles and this one was pretty easy. I basically put everything up myself um, and put my house on the line and said, right. okay, um, that's why our first beer at Camp was sink or swim. Right. Because we had one option, me and Evan signed on everything and said, "Okay, guys, uh, the other option is to go out and get everybody else's money, and you know, uh, and that's what we didn't want to do." I, at Noble, we had twenty-two owners, and I didn't, you know, both of us didn't want to have that same thing. We wanted to be able to control everything ourselves. So when you go out, you go out, and you know, I was able to come up with a good business plan. Um, strength was in finding a place that was, you know, wanting to get out after their four or five years. Right. And uh, instead of building something, right, you buy something and you save, you know, a year and a half to two years in production costs and you get it on the discount. So that's what we were able to do is come into a space that didn't make it in their own. Um, and we were able to come in and sort of capitalize on this space and, like I said, bring, you know, my capital, uh, my background uh, in my my house, basically, and right. get an SBA loan and start that way. Yeah, that kind of worked out perfectly. Everything was kind of set up, ready to ready to go for you guys, because it didn't take long after you guys decided to do that. I don't know if there was talk before that or whatnot, but, I mean, you pretty much jumped in and it was like, all right, ready to go. It's so yeah, it was, to, so it to was, speak. Yeah. Which is the version. For sure. And it was, I think. You do that thing where opportunity knocks and either you better jump at it or it goes by the wayside. And that's exactly what 
you know, Brent Roper, who was uh, the owner at uh, Valium when we took it over, he'd been doing it for a couple of years. He was really good. He was passionate. But, you know, after a couple of years, you're, he, he was an engineer, aerospace engineer. And he's like, you know, this was a good passion thing, but, you know, I, I need to jump off and get right. back to my, that, uh, back to where he was. And it was, it worked. Like I said, and I think that's what all of these, it's about looking at what the opportunities around you and, and pulling the trigger or you're just not going to get that again. So that's why I said on my side, I sort of uh, look at Evan when we make decisions and say, hey, dude, I think let's try this. I think right. this might be a good opportunity. So, yeah, do it while you can. Right. So you said you were very business oriented before opening all this and uh, kind of had an idea. But was there something that when you got to owning your own brewery that you never thought you were going to have to deal with? It's a lot different where, you know, you can't fail. There are no options. There are no backstops. There are no... You know, people look for the government to help them out and all these other different things. And right. you know, SBA was cool, but it truly, it's up to you. And, um, you know, ownership is a funny thing. And, you know, we have some great employees, but, um, every time I, you know, something comes up and I say, guys, this is, this is, our, this is our life. Just like, you know, we want to take care of you. We also have to take care of, you know, us, the family, Evan's kids, my God kid, you know, right. you sort of, of look at it and say, yeah, you have one one option, and that's to make it. Um, are there any qualities that you would say make you a great owner? <laughs> Great's a really relative. Um, good owner, I think it's. I think on my side, I I, I came from being poor. You know, I okay. I ate government cheese. I, you know, what I mean, I'm one of ten. I'm the youngest of ten kids, and the kind Catholic from Pittsburgh. So, right. um, it was you you basically had to make it and scrape your own. So I think the qualities that I look at when I do this, uh, I can empathize because I was a busser. I swept, I, you know, I've done every job. So, uh, when I look at, you know, my employees, I look at them like, Hey guys, I'm never going to ask you to do something I haven't done or will not do right next to you shoulder to shoulder. So I think when they come and talk to me and they have a legitimate, you know, problem, I'm, I understand where they're coming from. So um, I think that's uh, the, the, you know, those qualities are uh, empathy and uh, understanding where they are and what they want to do. The first question I ask when they come in and they interview with me is, where do you want to be? Do you want to own a brewery? Do you want to be a brewer? Do you want to, you know, you're just going to be a doctor and you want to hang out here, you know, as you get that going. So my thing is, you know, let me see if I can help you get to where you want to go. So I think that's one of those things where it gives them the idea of, okay, great. Uh, this doesn't have to be the rest of my life. It's a great industry, but also um, we all have step, stepping off points and we may want to get to somewhere else. What do you think uh been the biggest lesson that you've learned so far? To be patient. This, patient. this industry, uh, you know, it's, it's hard being patient since I'm not naturally a patient person. I'm more of a, you know, uh, run out there and just get it done kind of thing. I mean, beer takes time. Growth takes time. Right. You know, especially if you're, you know, if you have limited funds and you don't have everything that, you know, that a lot of these, you know, people coming in the industry or, you know, big AB places have. Um, so I think we, we look at it, it's about the patience of growing something. And it's, it's so cliche to say organically, but I mean, in our case, you know, it's about our local environment or local, local places. So, it's about being patient and, you know, to us, uh, better beer, not more beer is a lot 
what we're going for is just, you know, be patient and uh, see where you can get to. It's not a, to me, it's not a, it's not a, it's a sprint, it's a marathon. So right. I think it's patient. Exactly. Is so you, you, you talk about like you go out and get it type of guy. You got a fire, fire in your belly. I, I would, I would assume you're saying. Yeah. So what do you, what do you yeah, think I, you, where yeah. do you think you get that, that passion and inspiration from? That's uh, one of the, I, I think mine comes from being the youngest of 10 where, you know, it, one of the things growing up was funny was, uh, whoever eats the fastest gets the mostest. Okay. Uh, when you have, <laughs> you know, it was one of those things where, yeah, you better learn how to, um, sort of survive in this, you know, the jungle jungle kind of a thing. Um, I was out when I was, by the time I was 17, I was already off, you know, to college, uh, you know, it's just that weird thing that I think it's my family that, you know, um, yeah, you, you know, I've four brothers and five sisters and, you know, I just got my butt kicked most of the time and you learned how to, um, navigate it. So I think the fire in the belly is just, um, I, I want to have a, a better life. And I think you sort of learned that from your family and right. friends around you. How do you define success? Wow. Um, and do you think you've reached a point of success, whether it's in your, well, it's in your life yeah. or, or your business. I was just going to say there's success financially or personally, because I think uh, when you look at a business, I think financially success is, you know, when the banks want to lend you money when you don't, when you don't ask for it. So right. to me, it's that, you know, they, they, they know better when they look at your, you know, your books, your P&L, your balance sheet and where you're, do, what you're doing. And, then they're like, hey, that's when, you know, because everybody usually, you know, knocking doors down to get money from banks. So to me, I think financially was, in this business was, um, you know, that. Uh, banks basically saying, oh, yeah, what do you need? And I'm usually, no, that's hang off, we're good right now. Um, and then personally, uh, I think the success is, you know, in the beer industry, it's like you look around, uh, it's about certain things you get invited to. I think in, in like, say, one of the examples is a Firestone Walker Invitational. Right. You know, that's, that Invitational is, uh, it's like being asked to play at Carnegie Hall. You know, uh, it's that you're around these groups that, you know, these other breweries from around the world that are, are the best. And you just look at it and say, this is kind of cool. They're kind of humbled. And just to be asked to be there, I mean, another one is other half, you know, getting to their uh, green city. There's certain ones when you look around you know, between Keller and Copenhagen. So I think, you know, I think the beer success, uh, the, the brewing industry success is your peers saying they want you to be at their festival because they like what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and of That's course, awesome. the, you know, the, the, our customers, they you know they looking and saying they really like our stuff. Um, but I think, you know, other, breweries and brewers saying, hey, you're doing some good stuff, you know, come out and, you know, uh, come with us at their anniversary party or whatever it is. So I think that's the success on the like, brewing side. I mean, when you hear that, you're probably like, you know, I want more and more people to out there to taste our stuff and more people have it. And what's your distribution like? Uh, do you actually handle that your own or do you do an outsourcing or... We, we travel a lot and we do a lot of festivals. I mean, we just before this whole thing broke, we were in uh, Manchester at Cloudwater's Friends and Family Festival, which is a really cool event. Right. Um, so we traveled there. We've, you know, we brewed in, uh, you know, track and then 
a siren and then cloud water. So and roosters. And so it's funny that we have a footprint even in, you know, New York, other half. So it's, you know, half acre down in, you know, McKellar. Right. But it's our, our distribution. We're never going to be, and I, I should say not never. Never is a big word. Yeah, never say but never. our distribution, no, it's, you don't say never. But in this case, we're a small brewery. We aren't looking to be, you know, Sierra Nevada, which is an amazing brewery. To us, it's about getting to those places and experiencing what they're doing. And then um, our distribution-wise, people want us to distribute there. Though, hey, Nuke's also amazing. I love the the vibe, the, the beers. The you know, so I'd love to get more there, but I can't service the local area. So our distribution, we have a small distributor here that helps us with LA, uh, San Diego, and Orange County, but. Very small amount. We save that beer mostly for our uh, events, you know, traveling around the country and world uh, to get our beers there because we sell all of our stuff basically through our tasting room, our tap room, and our uh, our own little spot. So um, right now, two locations, we're probably going to get to, say, 3,000, 4,000 barrels between the two. Right. So we don't have a lot of beer. And that's why I said our motto is, you know, better beer, not more. Um, so yeah, our distribution, we'd love to get out to some really cool spots more, but um, that's why we like when you know you do other half and you bring a pallet of beer in and you send it out to other, the bars and restaurants out there. That's cool, uh, but that's probably the most we're gonna do right now for the near future. Right, so for, I'm assuming strategies for marketing, you just keep it uh, basically to social media? Or do you yeah. actually do some paid? Nope. We've never, we've never paid to advertise at all. So, okay. uh, you know, we don't have marketing campaigns. We don't have a marketing manager. It's, we have, you know, prior to this, you know, COVID thing, we had 50 employees. Um, we were just building our team to, you know, finally bring in our first real managers. And, right. um, Evan does, uh, Evan does most of the, uh, social media when it comes to like the, what you see in videos. We have really, Evan's really good friend, Patrick. Uh, Carrie, he's, uh, amazing. He works for a surf, uh, surf company or a surf, uh, wear company that, um, him and Evan sort of collaborate on everything you see in here, which is Instagram based. I think we have, uh, somewhere 30, 35,000 followers now that, you know, we started with nothing, but I think that's our own real, only real marketing is word of mouth, um, social media and visiting these places around the country. And bring with you know Blackberry Farms and these great breweries, Creature Comfort, you know, uh, right. Resident Culture, Other Half, Half Eight. So it's cool. Um, I think our we are truly a you know grassroots kind of marketing company because I think on my side I'm kind of cheap in that respect of I don't want to spend money because you never know how it really is going to get uh, you know how it's going to be is, is an ROI based off that right. running that campaign or whatever. I think it's a good gauge also to keep it, you know, for keeping it organic, you know, that people are talking about your stuff, you know, if you're getting good feedback. Yes. So. For sure. You know, the, the brewing industry, they're not shy about letting you know if they like something right, or not. Right. So, yeah. So, as far as uh, work goes, I know it was probably a lot in the first couple of years, just constant hustle. How important is a mental break for you from everything? 
And how well, do you how do you time. how do you take your mental breaks? <laughs> That's a good. I, it's wild is that uh, I think I'm a workaholic just by nature. I don't sleep a lot. I sleep I don't know four or five hours at night maybe. Right. So um, I just I've been that way since college. So I think my mental breaks and we're so social and what we do and you know we hang around the breweries. We do festivals with the breweries. We, everything is you know we're out in that sort of party world that people want and love to be at. On my side, my mental break is I like going somewhere and doing nothing and hiding right. almost in, you know, just quiet space and um, I'm not there for a day. So my mental break is basically finding places, uh, if that's a, uh, you know, uh, a chair down or you know in the in the plaza near where I live or somewhere where I don't have any you know anybody around where you know you have a hundred people asking questions or all, all right. those things. So I'm, mine's more about uh, I, I'm a recluse in a way where uh, I just want to be away from everything. Kind of a dis- um, disconnect from everyone. Yes, I mean just hide yeah. Yeah. Um, because you're always sort of in this weirdly spotlight in our own little, you know, our echo chamber of the brewing industry. Right. Um, it's great. I love it. And that's what I said. I get, you know, I, I'm jazzed over the energy that everybody has. Um, but also, I'm the, I'm on the older spectrum of this group. So um, right. I'm just happy to be uh, a part of this thing that's going on. What do you think's changed the most since you got into the brewing industry? Even if, you know, not even, not even green, green cheek even before that. When yeah, you got into I the think, beer industry, uh, first off, there's so many more breweries out there than ever. Uh, it's just an, uh, an amazing amount of people that just jumped. And I think that's the funny part is you look at the, what has happened over the last 10 or 15 years. And, you know, California, we have a thousand breweries now. Right. Um, just in California. I mean, I remember, I think when I started, there were 300. Right. So, it's that kind of crazy uh, increase, and um, I, I know San Diego, uh, San Diego alone uh, has, has been flooded uh, for a long time now. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's an amazing jump. I and mean, when I um, when we started up, the, or not this iteration of the Orange County Brewers Guild, like me, Patrick Grew, it was uh, Greg Nyland, uh, Steve and Bottle Logic. When we started that, I think we had ten or fifteen breweries. Now we have fifty in it. Wow. So uh, it's just a wild exponentially getting this increase of, you know, people around it. And it's weird. You can't keep up with who's doing what. And, um, and I, I keep saying I, I love the idea of more people, you know, more breweries coming in. I just said, make sure you're making, you know, good beer. I said, here, there's people jump in for different reasons. You know, I'm a really good home brewer. Um, I was going to go join a country club. I thought I'd start a brewery. You know, it's this weird, right. like, reason why are you in this you know what are you doing here you're just trying to be dallas point and get your billion dollar buyout and, right right you know because that is a cautionary tale now because that look at what they sold for so um so mine i think is this just what uh, and uh, and let's be real at the end of this thing with this last this COVID thing it being you know you know april beginning of april if this is going to go another two months i don't know who's left Right, because there's a, yeah. there's a lot of that that could wash out, and you know, a lot of these people that got into this thinking that there's gonna be fast money, 
Now, if you're not in it for passion or what you really like in the game, you're probably going to leave and go back to being uh, a lawyer or whatever you were doing prior to this. Um, so, but yeah, I think, like I said, I think it's more of just the amount of breweries that uh, it's just amazing to me um, them all coming on the scene. Right. Like, well, you know, that's like with uh, with any situation, you know, the, over time there's going to be, an area is going to be flooded and some are going to be really yeah. good, some are going to be really bad. How do you go about staying ahead of the competition? You know, because I'm sure there are some really good ones out there. And oh, yeah. I know yeah. it's a good, I know it's like a big camaraderie type of thing, the brewery industry, yeah. but is there a way to, that you guys go about staying ahead? I don't, I think you have to, don't ever think you make the best beer, right? I think you always, it can always be better. And I think Evan is always driving us as a brewery, we're always striving to be better. Like, uh, when you find something that you think is amazing, ask them how they're doing it. You know, most times um, they'll they'll let you into the world, and uh, you know, brewers are brewers are an amazing and gracious kind of lot that usually want to help you make better beers. So I think on our side, it's always uh, look for uh, how do you make it better. Right. But it's funny I see that in Evan as much as you know he's a really good brewer and these amazing people look up to him. He's always looking for the next. Like, you know, getting a pine house uh, down in Austin, you know, Joe, he was, well, what are they doing? How are they doing it? So it's cool to, like I said, just stay ahead of the competition because you see who's out there, this thing changes. And that's why we don't do a lot of core beers, right? right? We like having these different things like, oh, let's try it this way and see what's going on. And we do go back to, you you know, some of our beers that are, you know, they keep coming back, but it's also about... Let's try this. Where are the best hops? Is it freestyle farms down in uh, New Zealand? Is it, you know, is it YCH? Who's getting what? So, uh, yeah, I think it's basically just uh, done over, you know, always look for what's better. Gotcha. So I'm sure people have come up to you and, and have ad- asked you when wanting to open their own place. What, uh, what advice do you give to them? I always say to them, uh, depending on who it is, if it's somebody that's a, you know, uh, I tell them to go, have you ever worked at a brewery? You know, that's the first thing I ask them. It's like, if you're coming into this and say, well, I'm a really good home brewer, that's awesome. That's great that you're a really good home brewer and people love your stuff. And But I said, you should work for some uh, a brewery, doing anything, just to see what you're getting into. Because I think that a lot of times people just, look at your taste and say, oh man, this is great. I want to do this. So, uh, first thing I, you go, go work for somebody or at least get, uh, working knowledge of a production brewery. Um, so that's usually the first thing. Um, and then if you don't have a brewer, go steal the best brewer you can out there right. because, <laughs> you know, you've got, I mean, I'm sorry. There's this, you know, when you have, you know, Marcus, you have 50 breweries in Orange County you have within a, you know, say 15, 20 mile radius. You only, you, we all can only pick three or four breweries to go to, you know, and then the marginal ones or the weaker ones just, um, you're not going to go to them. You know, even if they're like, okay, so you better make sure that you are, you have the best beer coming out. Right. And people will give you a break in the beginning, but yeah, if they've been to your place two or three times and your beers are, eh, they're probably not going to come back. So yeah, right. There's a, that's usually a fine, either go and train and 
become the best brewer, um, and also make sure there's two sides to the brewery because there is the beer side and there's also the finance side because you might make the best beer in the world, but your business is going to fail if you don't take care of that. Um, so there's a, there's a yin and yang and that's what me and Evan sort of have is it's, it's great to, to, to learn from him and I teach him things on the business side. So I get so proud when he, you know, he says something like, you know, um, you know, I don't think that's going to be uh, profitable for us enough. And I just like, Oh my God, uh, I'm excited. So, uh, <laughs> and then when I tell him, you know, um, I'm getting this character of, you know, I think there's a citrus or this, this hop has what ages you the same way. He's like, Oh my God, you actually do listen sometimes. So anyways, uh, I think it's just about, you know, get the best, make the best beer and, uh, Keep an eye on the business side. Okay. Well, did you uh, did you happen to have a funny story for us? Oh God, it's a funny one. Uh, yeah, I, I do. It's I have a uh, <laughs> so uh, I, 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 I when we first started up smaller place, I was having an all uh, you know all hands meeting, and I was trying to come up cross professional with this new group of uh, you know employees, and I was kind of nervous. So uh, our, our team was not that big at that time. I don't know, we probably had 15 in the beginning. Uh, and I didn't know them all as well as I do now. But uh, as I was giving my pep talk, uh, you know, I'm trying to be real serious and, you know, like, this is what we're going to do. And I'm all excited and I look down and, and my feet and I notice I have two different shoes on. <laughs> and uh, I just started laughing to myself and uh, I just continued. I didn't say a word. And uh, I, to this day, I never told anybody in that group that what I was laughing at or that I had two different shoes on. So um, <laughs> you almost have to laugh at yourself and do stuff like that and say, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, I'm just another guy here working. So, uh, yeah, so that was a pretty good one that, you know, and they were not even that close when you really looked at the shoes, but I was getting dressed in the morning, so I don't know. So, yeah, that was uh, kind of my, one of my good ones. Gotcha. That was great, man. Um, so I have this little segment where I, it's called Quick Fire Five. I ask you five quick questions, and then you just respond with quickest answer. Okay. Sound good? I'm nervous. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I wouldn't be nervous. I'm sure it's stuff that you uh, think about all the time. <laughs> or not. We'll see. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So uh, here we go. If somebody came in, what's the one beer that you would recommend they try? Um, we're really well known for our West Coast. So I would say Radiant Beauty, West Coast, Citra, Mosaic, Simcoe. Okay. Uh, favorite brewery other than your own? I mean, the bigger one, Firestone Walker's amazing. Right. Um, and then Highland Park up in L.A. Okay. What's your favorite style of beer? Uh, easy, man. Pilsner. Pilsner. Love my Pilsners. All right. Uh, what's the last beer that you drank that actually surprised you? That surprised me? Yeah, like you you, bra you wanted to brag about it. So they call Slow Pour Pills from Beer Stop in Denver. Gotcha. Right, it's, it takes five minutes to get the thing, but man, I ordered two or three times. It's like I always brag that one. So it's beautiful beer. All right. Well, you have one keg of beer to hold you over for a two-week quarantine. Which beer are you choosing? Once again, it's probably Freem Pilsner Hood River, right? I love my Pilsner, so. I mean, yeah. I, well, of course, mine, but free Pils. 
That's fine. That's perfect, man. That's the five questions <laughs> I got for you. Go, go, go. All right, man. Well, uh, Brian, uh, thank you for being with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, Mike. Yeah, thank you for taking time out of your schedule. And uh, stay safe out there, man. You too. Watch out for the zombies. We're all going to get past this, and we'll be better on the other side. (laughs) I will do. Okay, Mike. Take it easy. Thanks, man. Hey, guys. So that was the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're able to take something away from that interview as you will with every interview. Special thanks again goes out to Brian Rosso of Green Cheek Beer Company in Orange County, California. If you're on lockdown during this quarantine and you're in Orange County, check out Green Cheek's webpage for a link to get their beer delivered to your front door. Every other Sunday I'll be posting a new podcast, so stay tuned and like I said, subscribe, and you'll never miss another episode. Don't forget to follow us on our social media accounts. Also, if there's something you're curious about knowing from the owners, then I want to ask it. You can email me directly at ChewBrewerStew.com. Once again, I'm Mike Curtin for Chew Brewer Stew. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.